Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there. Welcome. Come on in. Make yourself at home. My name is Gary Zimek. I'm so glad you decided to stop by this week. I've got a table here. I've got a chair reserved for you. This week we're going to talk about the Mass readings for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. You know, we are getting closer and closer to the end of the church year, the liturgical year, the beginning of Advent. Hard to believe. We're talking four weeks away. I'm not Look, I'm not looking to rush things, but four weeks away from starting Advent, 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time, the message this week. This is one that I bet you never heard before. Love God and love your neighbor. <laughs> Boy, that, that sounds like a novel message, doesn't it? It's so easy, or simple, I should say, to understand, but it's so, so hard to put into practice. That's why the Lord speaks to us so much about this topic, loving God loving your neighbors, which is more important? They both are. You've got to do both of them. And that's why we're going to look at these readings. We're going to let the Holy Spirit speak. We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit can move us, can move us to really accept the message and put it into practice. So if you're ready, or even if you're not ready, because I have to be ready, let's settle in. Let's remember we are in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, And let's turn to him now in prayer. If you'll join me, I'll lead, and together we'll pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, Father in heaven. So good to spend some time with you. Father, we're here to learn about loving you and loving our neighbor. Uh, Father, you know, it sounds, it almost sounds like a no-brainer. Yes, this is what we have to do as Christians. We have to love God, love other people. It's so difficult, as you know, Father. We cannot do this without your help. We can try to muscle our way through it, but we're only going to get so far. So, Father, we're going to turn to you today, and we're going to ask you to speak to us, to speak through us to us through these Mass readings, and to grant us the grace that we need to be able to put this into practice. We don't just want to listen and say, that sounds good. We want to say, okay, Father, we want to put this into practice Please help us to live this out in our daily lives. Father, we ask you to bless us, our families, our friends, all who have asked for our prayers, all those for whom we promise to pray. We pray for our country. We pray for world peace. 
So much turmoil going on, Father, as you know, in the Middle East right now. We pray for world peace. We pray for all those souls in purgatory, and we pray that your will be done, not just with us, but throughout the world. Father God, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As always, thank you so much, not just for being here, but for taking that time to pray with me. And I want to just pause for a minute because it's easy. You know, when, when I do these programs, uh, I, I know that I have things I need to discuss. I've got the readings in front of me. I've got distractions going on around me. I, I really do. And I, I tend to be thinking of the next thing that I'm probably supposed to do, which is turn to the readings. Um, but I don't want, I, I never want to lose sight of the fact that I just spoke, and we just spoke, because, you know, you're praying with me. We just spoke to Almighty God, Almighty God, who happens to be our Father in heaven. And through faith, not through feeling, not through what we can see, through faith, we believe that when we just prayed those prayers, something happened. I, I believe that, and, and I, I, I know you do, too, on some level. Um, you know, we're all at a different place spiritually. You might be way ahead of me. I might be a little ahead of you. I, I don't know where we all are in terms of our spiritual growth and progress that we've made in our lives. But those of us who pray, we believe on some level that God hears and answers prayers. Amen? Agreed? But sometimes we can we can just fall into that trap of saying and not praying our prayers. Or if we don't see concrete results immediately, we, we can sometimes begin to feel like, what's the point? What, what am I doing this for? We, we can all feel that way. I, I So I think it's important for us to remember that by virtue of our faith, we believe that whenever we pray, something happens. So those prayers that I just said, I believe something happened for you, for me, for the world, for everybody who, for whom we prayed. And I think from time to time, it's good to just remember that. All right. Anyway, welcome to the program again. We're going to look at the readings for the 30th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Love God and love your neighbor is the message. Before we get started with the readings, I want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, Lent of 2024 isn't all that far away. And that's that's my busy season as a speaker. I'm best known for my Give Up Worry for Lent Parish Missions, and uh, based on my book of the same name, I, I do other speaking throughout the year, but I'm really known for giving those parish missions two or three days. It just so happens that I still have one opening for Lent of 2024. If you would like to bring me into your parish to lead a Give Up Worry for Lent Parish Mission, please let me know as soon as you can. This year I did seven of them. I had to start before Lent. I had to turn churches away. I would love to come to your parish and 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 give either a give up worry for Lent parish mission or a talk any time of the year or parish mission. So you just let me know. If you would like to find out about how you can bring me in as a speaker, please visit my website, followingthetruth.com. That's followingthetruth.com. While you're there, check out my books in, um, and also my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Followingthetruth.com is the place to go. But I would recommend, if you do want to bring me in as a speaker, 
that you make the arrangements soon because it is going to you always there's going to be a panic setting in. I, I this, this happens every year when churches try to schedule things at the last minute. And again, we're not that far away from Lent. So if you'd like to bring me in, please contact me as soon as as possible, and let's let's make it happen. Followingthetruth.com. Now the readings are not that long today, so we're going to be able to get through them all with no problems. But let's you know let's just make sure that we don't just say yeah 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 I know that. And look, I'm not. I'm not accusing you. I'm accusing myself because I have a tendency to do that. I want to make sure that I don't do that and really let the Lord speak to us as if it's the first time we ever heard these words. So why don't we do that today? Let's look at the gospel. We're going to start with the gospel as we do each week. We'll start with the gospel and then back up and use the other readings to support the gospel. So the gospel this week comes from Matthew chapter 22 verses 34 through 40. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Now, what I really like about this is the fact that this is a very specific question, and Jesus gives a very specific answer you know, sometimes we wonder, well, they, we got all these commandments, the Ten Commandments, and we don't know which one is the most, is, is one more important than another? And this is how Jesus answers. And I also find it interesting to consider the fact that this is a scholar of the law, so he's a religious leader, and he is asking this question to test Jesus. He's not necessarily seeking the truth, but Jesus is still going to give him an answer. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. Now, there is, there's no ambiguity here. There is no doubt. It's not vague. The Lord is saying, above all, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, not just some of your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. That implies all of us, the entire body, spiritual as well as material, to love Him completely, love God. Number one, the number one commandment. This is the greatest and the first commandment, Jesus said. And then He goes on to say, by the way, even though He wasn't asked, what was the second greatest? He was asked, which commandment is the greatest? But the Lord's going to give this religious leader from the Pharisees, a scholar of the law, he's going to give him a little bit more because he feels that's what he needs. So after the Lord states that the greatest is to love God with all you got, the second, Jesus said, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole of the law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Now, this is nothing new. You and I have heard this before. We know this. We've heard this this particular gospel passage so many times. And the content is nothing that's foreign to us. The two greatest commandments, love God, love your neighbor. Now, what do we do with that? And I think that's where the challenge comes in. 
What do we do with that? Who is my neighbor? Well, everybody is my neighbor, according to Jesus said elsewhere. He, he talked about that. He gave us the story uh, of the Good Samaritan, right, to tell us that everyone is our neighbor, including our enemy. Our enemy is our neighbor, too. So we have to love God with all we got, and we have to love our neighbor as ourself. And you know, you and I, we tend to look out for number one, as the, the saying goes, look out for ourselves. We're not going to harm ourselves. We, we treat ourselves well. We want to do what's best for us. Sometimes we're wrong about that, but we always try to do what's best for us. And Jesus is saying, care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. And that's challenging, isn't it? Because a lot of times we see a conflict there. If I'm caring for my neighbor, taking care of my neighbor, then I can't be putting myself first. And, and it, you know, again, it's tricky. It's a balance. It doesn't mean you can never enjoy anything. It means there is a balance. That you don't look out solely for your own well-being and entertainment and enjoyment, but look out for the well-being and the good of your neighbor. Let's look at the first reading. Exodus chapter 22, verses 20 through 26. And you're going to see why the church picked this first reading to support the gospel. Thus says the Lord, You shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once aliens yourselves in the land of Egypt. And the Lord's speaking to his people, saying, Don't, don't take advantage of those who were, who were vulnerable, and this is not just strictly speaking about treat foreigners in um, don't treat foreigners unfairly. It, it's talking about talking treating those who are vulnerable, I mean, helpless, even treating them fairly. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry. My wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. Now, I know that's real. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? Just hang in there for hang in there for a minute. We'll talk about it. Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. Do you ever wonder? And we got a little more of this first reading. But do you ever wonder why when you read the Old Testament, God sounds a lot nastier than he does in the New Testament? Right. You, you almost think like, oh, my goodness. Oh, who is this God? He's, he's brutal, and then Jesus starts talking about a God who's all-loving and is going to, uh, to welcome us and forgive our sins, and he's compassionate and filled with mercy. Well, here's, here's the thing. It's the same God, but what God did, you have to remember, when you go back to these readings, which occurred several thousand years ago, the people at the time were living in a world where they were used to worshiping false gods or idols. They would literally worship false gods. I mean, we could say nowadays we do the same thing even though we don't realize it, but this was literal idol worship. And these, in a lot of ways, these people were barbarians. And God was revealing himself to them gradually. So he was speaking to them in the Old Testament in a way that they would understand. Jesus had not been born yet. Jesus had not yet begun his public ministry. These people were very primitive and they were one step away, always, from lap lapsing back into idol worship and worshiping false gods. And therefore, God had to speak to them in a different way. Now, the reason 
the reason that we look at the reason that this hasn't been changed and it still says what it says is because the readings are not going to be rewritten at some point in time these these scriptures were put down were written down and it wouldn't be right to change them to take away the wording to change the wording it would be better and this is what the church encourages us to do to understand the context to understand who was writing these these scriptures and who they were directed to so we look back and as we say yeah god was telling them he's going to kill them with the sword because that got their intention that's what they needed god is love god was love then god is love now and God loves us with an unconditional love. But this language was what they needed to be able to understand what he was talking about. And uh, the Lord continues to speak in this reading from Exodus. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors among my people, you shall not act like an extortioner toward him by demanding interest from him. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you shall return it to him before sunset. For the cloak of his is the only covering he has for his body. What else has he to sleep in? If he cries out to me, I will hear him, for I am compassionate. So this is the Lord speaking, and uh, it, it's written down in the in the book of Exodus, the reminder that we need to take care of those who are less fortunate, who are neighbors. And, you know, in some way, our neighbor, if there's anything our neighbor needs and we're able to provide it, we're called to do it, again, within reason. Doesn't mean you have to give up your whole paycheck to make sure your neighbor can have food because the Lord understands you need it You need it for yourself and your family too, but it's in some way, what can you do? And a lot of times it just gets down to, well, I'm going to pray for my neighbor. That's the really the only thing I can do. If that's the only thing you can do, that's more than enough. But the point is, love God, first commandment, love your neighbor, second greatest commandment. And this first reading is about loving your neighbor. Now, the responsorial psalm, which is also chosen to support this, this theme today, the responsorial psalm is about loving God. So you've got loving God, first reading, loving your neighbor. The responsorial psalm, Psalm 18, I love you, Lord, my strength. I love you, O Lord, my strength, O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My, my God, my rock of refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Praised be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am safe from my enemies. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock. The Lord lives and blessed be my rock. Extolled be God, my Savior, you who give great victories to your king and showed kindness to your anointed. I love you, Lord, my strength. So we really see this clearly this shaping up the image of loving the Lord, loving God, and loving your neighbor. Both of these things. First and second greatest commandments. And, and as I said a few minutes ago, it's simple to understand, but it's not easy to put into practice. And that's why we need the grace that the Lord gives us. Now let's look at this second reading. It's from... The first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Brothers and sisters, you know what sort of people we were among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction, with joy from the Holy Spirit, so that you became a model 
for all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. So what Paul's saying to the people of Thessalonica here is that you're, you have become imitators of us, of Paul and of his teaching and of his disciples, as they proclaim, live and proclaim the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So they're living it. They're loving God and loving others. And then the people who are following Paul, listening to him speak, they are doing the same thing. They're imitating, they're following the good example of Paul and his followers. And he said, for they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you and how you turned to God. Remember what I said earlier about the idols and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to await his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the coming wrath. So you see that that idea of turning from worshiping idols to worshiping the Lord and then as a result fulfilling your duties of loving the Lord and loving others. It's it's a matter of being fed with God's word, which is what we do when we look at these readings, and then putting them into practice. We we love God when we listen, when we spend time with him, when we spend time listening to his word, when we spend time with him in prayer. And, you know, again, that involves sacrifice. Every time we do that, in order to love God, we need to sacrifice in some way, even if it's just a sacrifice of time. So we we receive his word spoken to us through the scriptures, through prayer, through the church, and then we act on it by letting it flow outward from us to love our neighbor, to love God, and then to love our neighbor. And in fact, when we love our neighbor, when we do kind deeds for our neighbor, when we pray for them, when we forgive them, whatever it is, we're called as Christians to do that out of love of God. We're just not called to be good people. As Christians, we're called to be good people for the right reason, and the right reason is love of God. So really, those two commandments talked about by Jesus, loving God, loving your neighbor, they're interconnected. They're not two different things. It's not an either or. It's both and. I love God and I love my neighbor. And in loving my neighbor, I do it out of love of God. Again, that's the the perfect ideal. Doesn't mean you always have to feel it. Love isn't a feeling. And, you know, you've heard me say that before. Love isn't a feeling. Love is a conscious decision. It's a choice. It's willing, as St. Thomas Aquinas said, willing the good of another. That's what love is. And that's what we're called to do as Christians, to love God and to love our neighbor. Now, okay, so that's the readings, right? That's that's what we were talked about today. Jesus said these are the two greatest commandments. Where do we go from here? And I think that's where it becomes challenging. How do I put that into practice? Because I would be willing to bet that you've got people, as I do, who aren't that lovable, who, at least to me, people that I have a hard time loving, I have a hard time putting them first. 
You know, there's people who we even maybe have a hard time praying for them. But here's what we need to remember. We need to continue to pray for the grace. And I think the sacraments are great at this. The sacraments are the primary source of grace that we receive. So if I try to go to communion as often as I can, if I try to frequent the sacrament of confession as often as I can, and so many times I'm going to confession confessing the fact that I didn't love my neighbor, that I didn't think or speak or do the right thing when it comes to my neighbor. And when I do that, when I go to confession, the, 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 the benefit of doing that is not only that I can be forgiven by Jesus through the person of the priest for my sins, but that I can receive the grace which is going to help me to rise above my feelings, my often bad feelings for that person, and love them in spite of my feelings. Again, a desire, not a feeling. That's what love is. So confession is great for that. The Eucharist is great for that. And we can receive these sacraments as often as possible. And in doing so, it helps us. It helps us to be able to love those people for whom, for us, to to us, I should say, um, who are unlovable. So that person to me that I find to be unlovable, through the grace that the Lord gives me, I can I can fight through my feelings and love that person. And don't try to do it alone. Don't just try to force yourself to make it happen. Make sure you depend on the grace and ask, pray, pray for grace. That's another source of grace. Lord, please give me the strength to love this person to love those who I, I don't particularly like, to love those who hate me. That's challenging. I got a couple of those people too. It's hard. It's hard. But with God's grace, all things are possible. So there you have it. Love God. Love your neighbor. That's the message this week. And, and really, let's try to put it into practice. Let's not just listen to it, but really, let's try to put it into practice. I'm going to do my best to do that, and I pray that you'll be able to do the same thing. It is one of those messages that it's easy to just say, yes, I know that. Of course, I know that. I know that's what I have to do as a Christian. But then we move on. We get on with life, and it becomes a little more challenging. It becomes a lot more challenging to love God and to love others. And remember that if Jesus is saying this, These are the greatest of the two commandments, the greatest two commandments. If he's saying it and he's expecting us to do it, then what what can we derive from that? That that it's possible, correct? I mean, if it wasn't, why would he ask us to do something that was not possible? With the help of his grace, it is possible to always to love God and to love others. Well, we are just about at the end of the program. Got a couple minutes left. I'm grateful that you decided to spend some time with me today. Thank you so much for stopping by. Please, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at gary at followingthetruth.com, G-A-R-Y at followingthetruth.com. Don't forget, if you'd like to invite me to speak, just visit followingthetruth.com, contact me through there, or send me an email at gary at followingthetruth.com or whatever's easier for you, and we'll talk about setting it up. Also, don't forget my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. And finally, I just want to ask you, and this is never easy for me, if you like the work that I do and you'd like to support it financially, I could really use your help. Um, it, it's It's been a long summer. It's, it's Summers are always difficult, and I know we're in the fall now. 
headed toward winter, but it's still, I could still use some additional financial support to keep this ministry going. So if you've already done that, if you do that on a regular basis, thank you so much. I am really grateful. Uh, but if you haven't done it and you might like, and you would like to help me out, I certainly could use it. Just go to followingthetruth.com and click on donate and you'll be able to donate securely to my ministry through PayPal. Um, and again, I'm very grateful for your for your prayers, for your, your listenership, for your, your donations, for your feedback, and just for your presence here so we can hang out each week talking about the Lord and the good news. Um, thank you, and I look forward to joining you next week on the program. Remember, love God, love your neighbor. Simple, but not always easy, but very doable with the Lord's help. God bless you. Talk to you next time.